What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 45 of season 5. I'm your host, Jim Eichelon, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith. Travis Ballinghoff is at the Phillies game. Who's the Phillies over us? Wow. Can you believe that, Jack? Free tickets, even. Oh, free tickets. Phillies are hot right now. That's tough sell. Yeah, very tough sell. So just Jack and I for the show tonight, uh, like the old days. Uh, We'll we'll have some hot topics to get to. Before we get to those topics, if you're watching us live on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and set an alert for future shows. And if you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Uh, Before we get started, we are going to do our jersey giveaway, our jersey raffle. Uh, Just a slight snag in that. Uh, I forgot to tally the Venmo uh, ticket purchases. So I want to be fair to everyone. I want to make sure I include them in the raffle wheel. Um, So we're going to make up for that. I'll explain later at the end of the show. Um, So uh, real quick, if if there's any uh, last, eh, we won't do that. Forget about it. If you didn't do uh, the, if you didn't follow subscribe for tickets by now, you might, you're, you're out of luck. Maybe you have another chance Friday at the car show to come hang out with us and get some free merch then. Uh, But more details on the ticket raffle later in the show. Um, Of course, you can find all of our links on hoo.be forward slash hwhockey. Get on over there. Favorite the link. Uh, And yeah, so Jack, let's get to some of our topics today. Um, It's the end of August now, almost September. We're in that period where there's no hockey topics to talk about. Really, (laughs) we're in between... Uh, the last preseason game and week one of the NFL, you know, guys are starting to get cut. That's the big news. Um, so we're kind of scratching for topics, if you will. And, you know, let's let's get to our probably I'm tired of talking about it. I know you got to be tired of talking about it, but it seems like every Monday this soap opera has a new twist. And I'm talking about Ivan Fedotov. Have you seen any of this stuff that came out today? Uh, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember which body, but they said that he does not have a contract with the Flyers. They believe he does not. Yeah. So it's, so th- this is, that's Moscow saying this to his team. Um, the KHL, uh, I believe the, uh, I think he's president of the KHL. His last name is Morozov said that as of now, the KHL will be honoring the suspension to Fedotov. So he will not be participating in any KHL games until uh, the end of his, I think it's a three month. I'm sorry if it's three or four. I thought it was three, but anyway, he won't be participating in games over there till the suspension is over. So the KHL will honor the suspension from the IIHF, which is interesting. Um, and it sounds like what Moscow's attempting to push is that Fedotov wants to play for them. He, they're saying that he's saying, see, now we're getting into he said, she said, that he doesn't think that he has a contract with the Flyers for this season. He had a contract last season. Obviously, we know what happened last season. They're speaking for him, basically. You know, so... It's still shady, still some some tricks, yada, yada. Um, thoughts on the situation, Jack, if you have anything different? It's just downright goofy at this point. I mean, 
Every time I hear an update about it, I just roll my eyes. I feel bad for the kid, and that's never going to change. But we're talking about a seventh-round pick. I really have no clue how good he is. I can't even remember originally why he got hyped as much as he did. I, I'm just tired of hearing of it. <laughs> like, just come to a resolution. I don't care anymore. Yes, I prefer he come over. They're going to fight that tooth and nail because they don't give a rat's behind about this this per, about Fedotov's career or life. They just want to look superior and just do Russian things. And <laughs> I just had enough. Like, I just don't care anymore. Russian things. That could have been the title for the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's uh, it sucks to continue talking about. It. I'm sure the listeners don't want to listen anymore. But uh, you know, it's it's a topic in in Flyerverse and the Flyer world. So uh, if you hadn't heard the news already, uh, we got to talk about it. We got to keep you guys updated. If if you don't listen to be uh, kept up to date. What are you listening for? To be entertained? Come on. Um, all right. Anyways, so we want to get to the flyer defense at some point tonight, Jack. Uh, I, I wanted to hold off on that a bit. Do you have anything that you want to talk about before we uh, get to the defense? And uh, we want to talk some power play at some point in the show. Honestly, wish I did. You know, I mean. <laughs> um, Pretty bare topic wise. As far as Flyers land is concerned, I mean, just getting ready to get things rolling. Uh, I did move into my house and I found some Flyers stuff. Did you yeah, move in? I mean, like we signed, signed today. We've got a lot of work to do. I'm still Congratulations. going to be in this room. Thank you for a while, but I'll get it all sorted out. But I did find of all my good stuff, I found a uh, negative gem, if you will, that oxymoron. Um I found a Nolan Patrick rookie card I purchased for $25 in 2000, I guess, uh, 17. Uh, I'd be lucky to get 25 cents for it at this point. Man, imagine how much hope and everything you thought about when you purchased that card. Oh, the Flyers got the second overall pick. Like things are going in the right direction here. And uh, maybe that was like the start of the curse. Like maybe. They, they didn't deserve that second overall pick because ever since then, things have only gotten worse and worse and worse. I mean, they really didn't deserve it. They should have had the 13th pick. So, and that would have been you know just what? fine, wouldn't it? You know what? So, yeah. Um, you did, I, you did send a picture. You had a good find. Um, you had a media book with the, Dimitri Tortigny memorial page in it. I thought that was pretty cool. That was, yeah, media book. I went to a game in like 99. And I remember they beat Toronto. My uncle took me and he picked that up. And I thought it was like a program, but it was like way too thick. It's one side of it is flyers. The other side of it's phantoms and it is packed with information. And yeah, we, you know, with everything with Tortigny's son this year, uh, and I was just reminded me of that book and I just happened to find it today. It had the memorial of him and in, in loving memory of also Gene Hart died that year as well. He's also mm. in there. Uh, obviously a massive name is Flyerland. Um, and some of the roster, Keith Jones was on the roster. Brenda Moore was still a flyer. Um, just a couple of names we grew up with, which were really cool to see. And then in the system they had, they had it in the system section. So prospects. So back then, this is how I found out who was it, prospects for the flyers. And there were two notable names. It was Brian Boucher and Simone Gagne. 
were both in, they weren't even on the Phantoms yet. They were in the system. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was how you found out who the prospects were back in 1999. Those were some good times, weren't they? I wish I somebody could tell me when the good old days were while I'm in the good old days. Wow. What a quote right there. Uh, yeah. You just never know that you're in them until, I mean, the, the period of hockey, the period of time that we've gone through, I don't know, close to a decade now, we've never experienced as Flyers fans. So maybe we were spoiled, you know, maybe we didn't know how good things were. Um, I, honestly, I don't even believe what I just said because, Jack, I think we knew how how great of an organization the Flyers were. We knew that they were uh, cream of the crop, right? Everything they did was class. That's all you heard. Class organization, class this, class that. And, uh, you know, the, the team was always good. I know the times change, salary cap, yada, yada. Uh, maybe the organization didn't change with the league kind of thing in that aspect. But uh, that's what Flyer fans were accustomed to. And I think that's what's making things so much worse now is because uh, I think fans feel maybe embarrassed, you know? I, it's hard not to, especially when how they just embarrass themselves. Not so much last year. We kind of knew what last year was, but like previous years – where they're actually trying to win and they get blown out by division rivals. Like if that would happen to the Eagles, like say Dallas came in and did that, like they would have a meltdown. And it was like a regular occurrence around here. And it was never like that before. If Ed Schneider was alive, he'd be running downstairs, firing people left and right. Not like this. They just kept everybody for years. Like even Hextall and Hackstall needed to really, you know, things needed to flip on their heads for them to get let go. This, how much they put up with and just allowed to happen around here is just, this is not the organization I grew up with. At no point in this organization's existence has the last good decade plus have taken place. I mean, I could really pinpoint like maybe after the 2013 14 season, it's been a steady decline with that one, you know, 19 20 jump but then you had covid so it's like you know and it's just been horrific ever since and for a long time they really didn't seem to care you know i we got used to like oh yeah we know our power our penalty kill is the worst in the league but we think we figured it out <laughs> and then it's the worst in the league after that and then they're breaking records how bad it is and nobody's getting fired people are getting shuffled around and it's like but nothing ever changes and then i gotta hear that like I think Voracek was on Spitting Chicklets or one of those shows or whatnot. And he was alluding to the fact that he never, they never really got any help. And he's not wrong, but that's no excuse for not playing like when they needed you. And then when they finally did have a team put together, he still played like he didn't give a rat's ass. So it's just like the country club mentality absolutely destroyed this organization, this team, this locker room. And then the guys at the top were just as inadequate and stupid and, so it's more tolerable going to this season knowing that we have Danny Briere and Keith Jones and and Meechkoff, to be honest with you, uh, knowing, and Tortorella, knowing, knowing that we have these guys rolling forward compared to what we did have. I can get through what may be an absolute horrific season knowing that the train is going the right direction. So I, I kind of hang my hat on that, and it keeps me going when it comes to – because here we are. We're getting ready for hockey season, and I'm, I'm – you know, it's kind of like not as bad as last year, I'll say that much. Well, speaking of train wreck, let's dive in a little bit 
into the Flyers' defense this season. Now, they so let's let's talk maybe departures first, right? Let's kind of get everyone up to speed in case they've been on you know having themselves a summer. Didn't know that Ivan Provorov was traded. He was, right? The Flyers' uh, best defenseman, like uh, straight up, Flyers' best defenseman. They traded him. Minute eater expected a lot more from the former seventh overall pick, right, Jack? He's gone. He's not here anymore. Um, so one of the things we want to probably uh, figure out is where are those minutes going to go? You know, who? What's the new top pair look like? Because for the last at least three years, it was Ivan Provorov and insert name here, right? It's true. So now, so now the top pair is going to be what? We're going to figure that out. Uh, Cam York. Everyone's expecting Cam York. Big things from Cam York already. Just signed a two-year bridge deal. 3.2 million, 1.6 per year. Uh, will he play on the power play? You know, what, what's going to be what's going to become of Cam York? Uh, Flyers have a lot of depth, not necessarily great depth. You know, they've added uh, a couple veteran players with trades and and free agent signings. So let's get down to it a little bit, Jack, because I think this is gonna this is gonna be a little bit harder for us than the offensive line projections. You know, it's kind of a mishmash of of guys, and nobody really stands out uh, where you can say, okay, yeah, they can depend on this guy for twenty minutes a night, and you know what you're gonna get out of them. You know, um, so go ahead. Let's let's kind of try to build our our first pair. Uh, who's your first player on the top pair? You're gonna love this, Jim. I'm going with I'm going with Travis Sandheim and Rasmus Ristolainen. Let's keep them together. Let's keep it rolling. Standing ovation. I I think that has to be it. And uh, let's talk about why a little bit. I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna take notes here. Um, so you have Sandheim obviously playing the left side, and Risto obviously playing the right side. Um, why is that your top pair, Jack? Well, for me, it comes down to skill compared to the rest of the team, uh, familiarity, and um, you, you know, minutes or years served. You know, I'm not the whole reason a lot of people are big on trading Sandheim this year. It's like you don't want to toss York out there. I saw a lot of weird things when people projecting lines. I was curious after we did our forwards what the rest of the world thought. And I saw like Noah Cates as a top line center. I saw uh, you know different names besides Coots, which is baffling. Unless Coots is hurt, which a lot of the, the articles did not have him hurt, uh, it baffled me. Like, why would you not have your top dog playing first line minutes, which is exactly what he's supposed to do? If he was coming back from injury midseason, I could see him being lower in the lineup. But other than that, it's a no brainer. Like, mm-hmm. come on, I did see a lot of Farabee and TK on the wings, so we got that right at least. But the same goes for the defense. Like why I'm not going to put York out there and feed him to the dogs. You know, you start with what you, and I know there's issues with Sandheim, but a lot of time putting a guy in a position like this gives them confidence. And when you have him playing with somebody he's familiar with, it helps him play his game more. So there's been times where this, this uh, defensive pairing has been pretty decent. So we know the team's rough. So just, just roll with it. Just, you know, give them, they got to let the kids play. And they're not even so much a kids, both these guys. So they're the veterans on the team. They've played in the NHL for years. Let them play. So 
And if you want to try to trade anybody, they got to face them. I don't see it happening, but what are your other, what are your other options? Really? These are your two highest paid defensemen. Some somehow, and they are both signed for an extended amount of time. Ristolainen will be here for the next four years, making $5.1 million. Thank you, Chuck Fletcher. Uh, Travis Sanheim will be here for the next, is it eight years, Jack? Eight, eight years. That, was he making six, two? Yes. Uh, I'm on cap friendly now. It's almost $11.5 million between these two fucking heads. It's a, yep, it's an eight-year contract. Kicks in next season. No trade clause for four years. Six point two five cap hit. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, those are the two names that stand out right away. That go on the top pair. I I would agree with you. Uh, and not because I think. Sanheim deserves to be there. That's not a knock, just my opinion. Uh, process I, of elimination. I think if you didn't have to worry about Cam York getting um, his shit kicked in night in and night out as a young defenseman, I think I agree. Like you need to protect him a little bit. Um, I don't. I don't think he's ready unless he has a massive summer to take on other teams first and second lines at 22 years old. That would be amazing if he could prove us wrong there. But uh, Sanheim and Ristolainen are each getting paid the big bucks. Go out there and earn it, right? Um, So my thought is this. I want Sanheim to succeed because I want the Flyers to do well. At the same time, I and this sounds bad. I I really want to see him on the top pair, and I and I want people to realize he's not very good. He Ooh. this guy he doesn't play power play, barely plays PK. What? And I know you're probably hearing you're probably tired of hearing this. What does he do? You can't even draft him in fantasy in the 16th round. <laughs> what does he bring to the table? You mean you don't get points for him moving the puck up? Yeah. <laughs> he makes really good stretch passes. Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome, so if, if he's making these great, stress, uh, these great stretch passes, like they're not leading to goals. They're not. Uh, so anyways, I don't want to get stuck on Sanheim like that. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to flourish. I don't see him as a player that gets over 20 minutes a night. We have a question here from, uh, from Dave. I'm not, not, not so much a question. I'm not sure any of these guys are in the shape Provorov was to eat big minutes. And I don't think Dave means just conditioning there. I mean, physical strength to endure some of these hits like Provorov took a beating, man. Say what you I mean, he was checked out towards the end of the year. You could clearly see. But the guy played uh didn't he finish a playoff series against Pittsburgh with a with one arm? Yes. That's like, back when he was still pretty damn good and he was very upset. I, I really he was like the man back then. And he just it, became jaded. But yeah, he willed himself to the end of that series. Physically tough, mentally tough, uh 
you know, in shape, great condition, can play 25 minutes a night. You know, you, you can't be 170, 180 pounds soaking wet. And because you're, you, you know, you're in great shape, uh, you can play 24, 25 minutes. You have to be able to endure the, the beatdown night in and night out. And uh, I don't think uh, Sanheim is that guy. Uh, Ristolainen is built that way. Um, but, Jack, if, if you remember when they traded, you would have thought that I would have been excited because I like some of these bigger guys and, and whatnot. But I, I, honestly, I was never a Ristolainen fan. And they had a chance to make up for that trade at the deadline, I think the very next year. Instead, Fletcher decides to cardinal sin of general managing, doubling down on a mistake, signs the rest of the line into a, a big contract. Now you have to use him. He's been okay the last couple of years. Hasn't been terrible by any means. But should he be playing on your top pairing? No. If you're the Flyers, Yes. <laughs> So, by default, this is our top pairing, I think we're saying, right? I mean, them keeping Fletcher that one extra year is having lasting effects. Like, Mm -hmm. think about what he did in that very last year, half a year, before he got fired. He burned through assets to bring Tony D in here. He signed, re-signed Risto to a five-year deal, signed Sandheim to an eight-year deal. Like, all stuff that did not need to happen. And it's really upper management's fault because Fletcher was never going to rebuild. Think about it. He was brought in here after Hextall to win. So if he has a couple of years of not winning and then rebuilds, he's done. He's done. He was brought in here for, he was a wartime consigliere allegedly (laughs) and he failed. So they're going to let him rebuild. Well, first off, that's why he never would say those words. Cause then it's, you might as well say I failed at my job, which they're never going to admit, even though it's, it's egg is all over. Um, so they needed to let him go and move on or do an interim thing or something. Instead, they didn't have the balls to do that. They didn't want to admit anything. So they let him, it was, he was asleep at the wheel. They were asleep at the wheel and he made all these stupid decisions, except for maybe Delorier. And now we're stuck with this. And you know, something was scary is this is a, this is our top pairing and it is what it is. We're, we're, rebuilding you're gonna to have to figure something out i hope danny b gets awfully creative almost did came awfully close see what happens and i guess go from there the best we can hope is ristolainen impresses enough for some team in like two years to take him for a playoff run because that's what he's supposed to be all about even though he's never been in the playoffs and sandheim we hope just magically turns into this player that doesn't get pushed around by the mites on ice and actually be an offensive player that we we're told he was yes he's not the he's not a ghost offensive player but he's a guy who should 100 be on the power play at least, for christ's sake at least a second pairing if not the first he was a first round pick he should be on the first power play unit bar none so there's a lot that both of these players have to prove this year it's a good year to prove it because they're all we got. they should be getting plenty of minutes and i think we all know what's going to happen it's going to blow up in our face uh something yeah uh because obviously we're fans of this team as well we want them to do good but uh i just don't see how that's going to be a good thing like if that's a that's a good 
I don't even want to say good. It's a solid second line to have Sanheim and Risto. It's a bad first line. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? Yeah, def- and just to, you know, I don't want to kill Sanheim here, but like we know he's soft on the ice. He's pushed around by guys like two and a half feet shorter than him. But on top of that, he heard they were like really worried, like, let's not let Sandheim know we might trade him because apparently he's a mental midget and, you know, we don't want him to find out. So it's like you're telling me he's on the ice and off the ice. Like, that's like the last player I want in the locker room. That is a 2023, like, millennial Gen Z, whatever the hell, like, player. And it's the last thing I want. It's the last thing Philly wants. So unless his offense just, explodes or he's like on defense, which I don't think either is going to happen. You know, what do we have? And I heard somebody say like, why do you earn this eight year extension? And it's a great question. I remember his other extension where they had to give more money on potential, but it's like, they had a horrible season. All these guys are the And here he is again with another raise. What is the status quo in Philly? That's just get money at the wazoo. If they didn't have a cap, I wouldn't care. The war, the, hockey has the worst cap of all sports with the hard salary cap. So it is just mind-blowing that they let Fletcher run this as long as they did, and now we have to talk about this crap. It is. It is a little weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could rag on Sanheim all night long, but let's move on just a little bit here. Um, no, I, like, I really could. Like, I don't understand what what is the point of Travis Sanheim. But – uh, anyway, let's get back to filling out our defensive core. So line two, and this is where things get fun because there's some different names uh, on lines two and three. Uh, obviously, the first name that comes to mind for everybody, I assume, is Cam York. Um, he's naturally left-handed, plays the left side, can play the right side, I think we want him on the left. Would that be correct, Jack? That's where I have him. Yeah. Who do you have him paired up with? So I feel like these could all be interchangeable. It depends on what you'd like. So what I would like is the future development of York. So for me, I went with Mark Stahl. I feel like he's got the veteran leadership. He's played in Stanley Cup games, many playoff games. He's been around the league. He knows how to – carry himself as an NHL defenseman, a successful one at that. Uh, if there's anybody I would like York who was on the current team uh, to hitch their wagon to would be Mark Stahl. I think you could do a lot better, obviously, but what we have, that's what I would take. Sure. You could go sealer. He's probably got uh, more f- upside for the season based on how he's been playing. He's, he can be uh, fun to watch based on what you expect. And um, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot about Walker, but everything I read, he's your basic third-pairing defenseman. So, it I would again, this is opening night. I expect things to change throughout the season, and I'm not just saying through injury either. I just expect them to fiddle with things. But to start the season, I'm going to put him with the guy who has been a longtime NHL defenseman, a good one at that, uh, and you know, not great but good, and has played in many games many high situation games, every situation imaginable. Um, it's a it's a much lesser version of what they wanted when they were trying to get um, Krug out of St. Louis. Much lesser, but still from a veteran presence uh, style, kind of what they were going for. 
So why else bring him in, honestly, outside of flat-out depth? You think you can flip him at the deadline? Maybe, but he's, he is getting up there. Yeah, for sure. And so the one thing that's for sure on the second line is Cam York. And before we get to my pair, let's let's spend some more time on him. Is he on your power play one to start the season? I mean, it's a good question. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they ran four forwards and like risk the line and, you know, for a shot. Could be Sanheim. If wow. York, I can see York being there the majority of the season. However, out of the gate, I don't know. He didn't do so well out of the gate last year. So until he proves that otherwise, um, I, I don't see why. So a lot, it's going to depend on the preseason and camp. If these guys can carry themselves like NHL players and not, ex, not expect to get handed positions and actually earn them and prove that these, it's their job to be. Until they prove that, I'm going to go with the veterans because they've been doing it for years. Well, that's where things get a little interesting, and we'll we'll get to some more names. But, um, yeah, York's probably going to have a – I mean, he signed his two-year bridge deal. He's going to have a spot, but there's some competition coming up through the ranks. And I would say I still see him as a, a dark horse in the Flyers organization. We'll get to him in a second, though. Um, so, on my right side on this pairing, I do have, and I just, I still have the desire to call him Matt Walker. It's Sean Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's Skywalker. No, uh, Sean Walker. So, um, this is a defenseman who I've somewhat paid attention to uh, even before he was on the Flyers. Just a guy, that, I kind of like how he how he plays the game. You mentioned a bottom pairing guy. Uh, he's making 2.65 uh, for one more season. He just does his job out there. He's somewhat a Tortorella type player. He knows his abilities. He's uh, not afraid to take the body. He can put a couple points up on the board. Um, I think last season he played in 70 games. This is his first season back after an injury where he played just six games, uh, three goals, 10 assists. And uh, the year before he got hurt, he played 47 games. I think that was the COVID year, 18 points, uh, 24 points the year before. So he puts up Sandheim type numbers offensively when he's healthy, uh, plays the body a little bit, right-handed shot. So 28 years old, I think it could be a compliment to York. You know, if, if York's going to be your offensive guy, kind of like how you had stall there, you kind of do need a guy who can, you know, more worry, uh, worry about the defensive side of things. And I think for me, Matt Walker is that guy. So when they acquired, I'm sorry, I said Matt Walker again, Sean Walker. Yeah. When they acquired him, my first thought was, okay, well, he's on a one-year deal. So he's basically on a half a season tryout at just 28 years old. If you really like what you see out of Sean Walker, Maybe you sign him to a short, reasonable contract until you know some of these younger guys are ready to go, short being two years tops. Or if somebody's willing to pay up enough at the deadline, maybe you move him. Because this is he's only 28, you know, so it's not like uh, he's getting ready to retire soon, ride up into the sunset. This guy can help a playoff team 
looking for depth. Like he's not Justin Braun at 35, 36, however old he is years old. Some life in this body still. Um, so I, I like him on the second pair. Um, that's just me, though. I mean, so we're going to see a lot of moving and shaking. I can see yep. closer to the trade deadline. I got like Walker getting more minutes for just showcasing him for everything you just said. Um, when you, you mentioned a Tortorella guys, Mark Stahl played for Tortorella for a while. Mm -hmm. So he'd done in mind as well. But again, all three of these guys, Stahl, Walker, Sealer, all of them I could see either starting or mixing their way in uh, because they're, I don't want to say they're similar players, but I feel like they're similar views of depth in the organization. And then there's two other names I want to just bring up real quick because I see one in the chat. Um, you know, Zamula and Atard. Adder. I knew I was going to do that. Ronnie Adder. And I, until they prove they can make the team out of camp, I'm going to keep them off my list. I would love, especially Adder, to make, for him to make the team or come up and stay. That would be ideal. But until that happens, I'm, I'm going to stick with the, the guys they paid real money to because that's how these organizations tend to work, at least to start the season. Yeah, okay. So let's get to our um, third pair here. Let me just write in our second pairs here. So on line two, you had Stahl York. I had Walker York. All right, third pair. Now here's where things get a, really a little fuzzy because as we mentioned earlier, uh, the Flyers do have defensive depth. While maybe not very good depth, it's depth nonetheless. Um, you mentioned Stahl. Walker could be guys that uh, are trade bait. Nick Sealer, teams were calling in on Nick Sealer last season. Um, does he have a spot right away on that third pair, you think, Jack? I think it's his to lose, Okay, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he's been with this organization. If you look at this team past couple of years and you look at what went right, what went wrong, very little went right. But I would say Sealer was a little bit of what went right, not for the team's success and just individual players. This guy was brought in on like an AHL tryout. Like essentially, he's going to be in the AHL and he forced his way into the into the uh, NHL lineup. And he's been something of a mainstay. And I don't see how he's you know you somebody's going to have to beat him out, if not him just flat out get moved at the trade deadline because he's done exactly everything asked of him. He fits the Philly mold. I think Tortorella likes him for sure. You know, this guy, he, he took a puck off the face in like the, the first game I ever saw him in. It was preseason. Like that, that is, I've liked Sealer since then. So I'm, I'm all about having him in the lineup. You could put him on the second pairing here and there, you know, give him a shot with York or whoever, whatever you do. Maybe York somewhere down the line forces his way. That would be great onto the top pairing. And then Sealer's playing with somebody like Sandheim or something. But until we get there, I think he deserves an NHL roster spot until somebody truly beats him out of it. Yeah, I would agree. I like that mentality. Yeah, beat out if you want the spot, beat the vet. Right, this guy's gone through some stuff, uh, willing to lay it all on the line for a spot on the, in the in the lineup, uh, and he's a class act. So I, I would agree with that. Now, whether he plays left or right, do you have a side preference for Sealer? I, I have him on the left on mine. I have him playing with Walker on the left, Walker on the right. Okay. Um, so here are some other names. So you went heavy vet in your, in your lineup aside from York, who, uh, is not necessarily a prospect anymore, but in prospect circles considered a prospect still, and he's the youngest player uh, of the six. 
Uh, you went heavy vet with stall, walker, sealer. Now, the last spot here, because I went sealer as well. For me, this is where it gets a little interesting. So they did bring in uh, this Mark stall, right? Mm-hmm. So many stalls. Uh, all right, so they did bring in Mark stall. Uh, Igor Zamula is still hanging around. Ronnie Adderd, uh, now 24 years old. I think he'll be 25 at some point in the season. Let me just give this a click. March 20th. So very late in the season, he'll be 25. Um, not that time's running out on Ronnie Adderd, because it's not. But he's going to have to get something going quick here. Because there's some... The Flyers have defensive prospects now moving up the depth charts in Lehigh Valley, coming overseas in the form of Emil Andre. We mentioned Igor Zamula already. They spent a first-round pick on uh, Oliver Bonk. And Ethan Sampson's now signed to an ELC. Helga Granz, they traded for in the Provorov deal. It's getting crowded down there uh, for Ronnie Adderd. And I'll be honest, I don't think he's going to have to have a hell of a camp, man. I want to see, I want to see Adderd make the roster. I don't trust that I, I just don't trust him in the lineup yet. You know, does that make sense, Jack? Uh, like he, he, when you watch him with the Phantoms, he's too good for the, he's one of those guys like Bobby Brink, too good for the AHL but maybe not right, not quite ready to play consistently in the NHL yet. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's fun. I'm more worried for everything you said. I think this year is pretty, I don't think it's make or break for Adder, but I think it's, I think it's a big year, almost like not quite Allison, but we're kind of like, we want to, when somebody goes down, I think he's going to be the first one up and it really doesn't matter who um, he's, he's going to get the first shot at it. I'm more worried about Zamula getting bounced. Uh, you know, the other guys overcoming him. I have not seen a whole lot from Zamula. I, I see things in Adder's game that I like. I see him improving every year. Uh, it's just about getting up here and staying up here. And now that should be easier with Provorov gone. You got all these vets and older. And Stall might be easily bounced if he doesn't have anything left in the tank. And it was a swing and a miss of a signing, which is okay. You know, then I could see that Zamula. I don't see a whole lot of his game that is crazy good yet um i would be more surprised if Samula came up and was a mainstay over at i'd actually be pretty shocked uh as far as the other names they're coming i still think they got a, a at least this year to you know cook with the phantoms unless somebody just explodes which i don't really see that um i think we have been so uh we just haven't seen any legitimate prospects especially on defense that Anybody plays well at all, and we're like, oh, he's going to be – he's coming up. He's going to be good. I'm like, it, it just doesn't work that way. There's no McCars coming up here. There's no even less, much lesser tier extents than that. So these are all guys are all kind of in a big jumbled mix for me, and uh, I have seen a few of them at the NHL level, and I expect to see them again, almost like they're phantom veterans that are going to get the first call up unless somebody freaks out. And I honestly don't see that happening until at least midseason. You're going to have to see more of them with the Phantoms. I don't think you're going to see enough during preseason for that to happen. So I feel like we're going to see some heavy vets and guys like Zamula and especially Atard are going to get the first chance. Adderd, I did it again. Adderd. Um, and I think you're going to need 
other guys more time in the AHL before they're leapfrogging these guys to get a shot. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if there was just a plethora of injuries. This team, it gets injured like you wouldn't believe. So we might see like three of these guys in the lineup. And this is the year for that to happen. Experiment. Get crazy. Get nuts. You know, S- send them in, throw it around. I'm not even worried about it. I'm getting roasted. I'm not even worried about it. So we're going to see a, a good chunk of them. And that is exciting. And it's going to make this much more watchable of a season. But um, I'm going to give it to these other guys first. I think they've got enough of a cup of coffee these past seasons that they're going to get the first crack at it. It's going to take a lot to overcome them, at least early on. It's going to be fun. That's for sure. So guys I have in the race for the bottom pair, and it's going to depend how their camp is. Adder needs to make a significant push, right? Um, I think some people are penciling him in. I think Dan earlier penciled him into his bottom pair. Uh, Zamula, you want to know who Zamula reminds me of, Jack? Phil Myers. Travis Sanheim. Oh, God. <laughs> he does. All three of them are. 6'3", 170 pounds. Oh, jeez. Soaking wet. Have you, has he had a shot on goal in his life? Have That's you seen him? Like, he's just very Have you seen him push off? Like, he's, he's another stretch pass guy that's great but can we have defense that does more than one goddamn thing is that possible if if he does one thing you should have somebody better than him to put in the lineup like i don't want to hear from and i'm getting on sandheim again oh he does one thing really well then why is he on the top pair right the top pair guy should be able to do everything. Power play, PK, eat minutes, get pucks to goal, you know, set up offense. Oh, he stretches the ice with his passes. Okay, so can Igor Zamula. He's making 750000 this year. I just <laughs> – so I, I, I get it. I get it, but, but I don't need another Travis Sanheim. Like, uh, this guy <laughs> was undrafted for a reason. It's if he if he needs to be your seventh guy, outstanding. If not, the Phantoms need defense too. He's going to be 24 in March. Igor Zamula. How long are we going to hear that this guy's good? If, you know, a, a gem Hextall found outside the draft. How long? How long are we going to do this with the Fedotov thing? Now with the Zamula thing, guys are guys are passing him. This is it. This is the year. If Zamula doesn't pan out this year, you got. You got uh, Andre coming up, who I'm going to get to because he's my dark horse to make the Flyers out of camp here. Helga Grounds obviously plays on the right side. Um, my 10-year-old can beat Sandheim to the puck, says Eric. I said the mites on ice push him around. So why do we want two? Why do we want two guys like that? Like I want Zamula to succeed, but I, I got to see more than one thing from these guys. You're in the NHL. I don't want to, especially when somebody argues that, oh, well, they stretch the ice really well. All right, well, he's a he's an NHL hockey player. What else can he do? Do you know what I mean? Like, give me a, give me a break, man. You really hate that. But to your point, um, so do you remember who they took in the second round of 2018? His name slips my mind. He's a defenseman. Um, Is he still on yeah, it'll come to me. But um, his comparison, Minnie? it was like Robert Hag. I'm like, 
Uh, if that's like, like if that's like the somewhere in the middle of the floor ceiling, kind of like what you're saying with Zamula and Sanheim, it's like, well, what what is the point? Like, what do we have here? And I worry there's a group of defensemen this team on the NHL roster and some prospects. I feel like are, if they made a they were a second pairing defenseman, it, it was it'd be like their absolute ceiling. And you know they're not going to hit that. So I, I'm really – and Zamula, he plays way too safe, way too safe, and he's not even perfect at it. He'll have a good game here and there. He's starting to have some more better ones, but he still has makes a lot of mistakes. And I feel like if you knew what you were doing against him, if you knew the type of defense he played and studied him, you could take him to the task. You really could. And I feel like he's going to get figured out in the NHL if he was a regular, which I don't think he is, obviously. And I think these guys – this is the year to weed those guys out and then move the actual prospects up and see what you have. It's a perfect year for all this. You know, yeah, and I'm running team, out on some of these older prospect guys. Yeah, right. We said this with the offensive guys too. It's it's the same for the defense. Even though this defense is barren, well, either you're an NHL player or you're not. I have – I think Adam Ginning is the guy. That's it, Adam Ginning. Ginning, Ginning yeah. maybe. I don't, I don't think he's going to – he's just another name in the mix. So – I I didn't watch much of him last season. Um, didn't hate what I saw when I watched. 19 points in 68 games for the Phantoms last year. 16 assists, three goals. Known more for his defensive game. So here's my thing. A guy like him serves more of a purpose than a player like Zamola, in my opinion. If If you're known for this offensive defenseman, then you need to be able to play your position, which is defense, and create offense. You need to do two things. If you're a defensive defenseman, you need to be good at defense because you you obviously can't score, right? So if you're an offensive defenseman who's okay at defense and doesn't create offense, what the hell are you? And, uh, you know, uh, uh I just can't, I can't do it with these guys who are, who are in the Sanheim mold, Jack. You know what I mean? Because it's it's yep. like you're such a pointless player. What is the point of you? What do you do? Um. So yeah, that's all. I, I don't want to keep getting nuts because I, just thinking of Zamula now reminds me of Sanheim, and I get all Italian blood gets boiling in me, Jack. Low uh, ceiling. You don't like that low ceiling? No. What do you have? But and that's it's fine for a third pair guy, but Sanheim's your top guy. He's making <laughs> six point whatever million a year. Um, all right, so let me let me round out my third pair, I guess. So we got Sealer down there. Uh, Adder's going to fight for it. Zamula's going to hang around. I'm going to assume Zamula makes the team as a seventh D type thing, or or maybe uh, he plays the left and they push Sealer to the right. I'm not sure. Um, Granz, I don't think will make the team yet. I think they, they want him down in Lehigh Valley a little bit. Who I, I really like, Helga Granz, former second overall pick at the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Ethan Sampson, 19 years old. I don't think he will make the Flyers out of camp. He'll have a fun season with the fans. Fans are going to be fun to watch this year. We got Sam Westmer in the comments. Uh, she could tell you all about that. Um, who do I think is going to be the sixth D? I think I, I don't remember if I said it to you and Trav or, or if I said it in the chat, but I would not be surprised if Emil Andre makes the Flyers out of camp. If he has a really good camp, I would not be surprised. I don't think he'll stick with the Flyers for a full 82 games, but I can see him making the team. 
he I see Andre there's a purpose in his game. He plays the game with a purpose. You you know what he's on the ice to do. Does that make sense? And if he has a good camp, the Flyers need more players who know why they're on the ice. This is my job, right? I need to break up plays in the defensive zone, start plays going the other way, open space for teammates. If the puck comes to me, I'm putting puck to goal. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and he can do it. He can get puck to net, which I think an offensive defenseman needs to be able to do. That's just my opinion. Um, I think he will be a bona fide top four defenseman when the time comes. He'll at least be a, a top four D. I'm on the Andre train here, and not just because he had a good camp. Looked good with the uh, – it took him a game or two, I think, but looked good with the Phantoms, played well in the playoffs for them. Uh, whether it's with the Flyers or the Phantoms this season, he'll have a great – he's going to have a good year. Uh, and 24-25 is going to make it really hard on the Flyers to keep him with the Phantoms. I think he'll be with the Flyers full-time uh, in, in two years. Let me just check his age real quick. Um the Flyers will have a couple contracts coming off the books, so there will be space, but who knows if they'll make moves in, in free agency. Oh, he's draft pick, right? He's 21 years old now. Yes, the uh, 2020 draft pick. Yeah, I, I remember right. when we when they drafted him, we were kind of like, oh, 5'9". That, that's kind of – But kinda we got those spot. ghost comparisons, which I was I didn't hate. Um, I just think I, – I, I drafted him on our Dynasty League years ago. I, I love Andre, and I – was uh, really hoping that things would go his way. I think he'll do – I'm with you. I don't know if he'll make the opening day roster. I think that's pretty tough to do outside of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he'll do enough to where uh, the style of defenseman he is can get under Tortorella's skin. I think he's the – of all those offensive guys, he's the type to do enough to not get in the doghouse, which would allow him to find a way onto the roster at some point. And I also think if if it's Sweden, right, that's where he plays, or was I was get confused. Uh, I think you are right. I think it is Sweden. Yeah. Um, yes. I think they were more willing to allow him to come over. Uh, you know, I know the NHL trumps all, but as an AHL player, because they probably think he is going to find his way into the NHL awfully quick, uh, which is probably they're like, yeah, just go. You know, and I think that, you know, anybody but Russia is pretty good to their players in that regard. Um, so I think they even realized like this guy's probably an NHL talent at some point. Let's get it. Let's let him go. And, you know, because he, he could do it as early as this year. That is another fun thing to watch. And this whole our opening night roster, I fully expect injuries or no to be fully different by I want to say as early as like early December, you know, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like I expect two at least two names to be different. I could see Mark Stahl being the seventh defenseman, and uh, you know, or they're gonna rotate that with some guys, but some other guys pushing it, pushing and getting some playing time. And why not? This is the year to experiment and see what you have and give guys cups of coffee and and you know, let it roll. And he's another guy outside of a tard at the top of the list. Did it again, Addard at the top of the list. And he he you talk about people jumping these defensemen. He's the number one guy at the top of the list to jump the Zamulas and the Adderds. He is the top dog to do that uh, coming from the Phantoms. So um, he's I'm better than both good. of them now. It's just a matter of, you know, is there a spot for him on, on the roster? Well, he's right new. Now. Yeah, he's, he's new. He's got to, you know, just he's got to play. He's, he's got to play. And you're going to see a little bit of everybody. And um, I think Adderd and um, <laughs> Adderd and Zamula might get first crack, but once. Andre gets that his chance. He might stick at least for a while. 
Everybody, the one and only Peter Harling has chimed in. I'd like to see Zamula in that rot- rotation. You can uh, find Peter's show over at Dabba Prospects. He is the one and only. Peter, thanks for chiming in. Uh, did you draft Zamula? Is this why? Uh, I'd like to see Zamula in that rotation. I, I think like it's it's very likely what Jack said is is what happens. So right? they have there's just way too many guys uh, between Sealer, Adderd, uh, Stall. Zamula is a is a guy. There's probably going to be a rotation, um, you know. Oh, between, for sure. Between I mean, this is the year to do it. This is the year to do it. Like get everybody in there. You know, I don't even care if you see guys that I don't think will ever really sniff an NHL roster. Um, but this is a year to experiment and see what you got. This is half fun. It's going to be a rough year, so you might as well have some fun with it. Yeah, for sure. This is the year. And what's fun is, and I don't want to bring this to the forwards because we're going to talk power play in a second. The forward group you can see what's going on. Like there's some shape to it. You can see where they need to add, you know, some talent. I mean, Michkov and uh, Gautier in a couple years, the forward group is coming together. That plan is almost complete. The defense core. I don't think it's anywhere near set. Like this is not going to be the defense core that we see next year, two years, maybe like you said, maybe not even by Christmas. We'll, we'll see. Um, Definitely not by the trade deadline. Like a lot, a lot's going to be changed there, and, and more will get clear hopefully next offseason, uh, and then we can get going there. But Jack, let's talk power play a little bit because Flyers haven't had snipers for forever. It seems like since I don't know the days of Jeff Carter, if you consider him a sniper, Simone Gagne. Uh, all of a sudden, they got guys like Owen Tippett, Tyson Forrester coming up through the ranks, uh, Cam Atkinson if he's healthy, uh, guys like that. And what everyone seems to forget about is, and credit to Travis uh, for bringing this topic up, did not come on the show tonight. Uh, The Flyers don't have a net front presence. They don't have a Wayne Simmons. They don't have a Scott Hartnell. Uh, They don't have a James Van Riemsdyk, if you still want to consider him a net front presence. They don't have a guy that can sit in front of the goalie and clean up pucks. Think about the forward group, Jack. Who is that guy right now? Who's who's the guy that's going to stand there and, and battle in front, you know, and clean up the dirt, dirty but good? Who is that? Players, I think, that can do it, but I don't want to do it. Right. That would be Couturier. I would rather have Frost be the behind-the-net guy and Drew half-boards position. But I don't want Couture fucking up his back like <laughs> in front battling and whatnot. Well, it's going to take his one cross check and that's one it. bad cross check, even if it's illegal. I don't care. You know they know it's bad. You know, um, I I think Lawton could do it, but do I want him on my top power play? It's not the worst thing in the world, but could I I would rather see some other more skilled guys. TK's not shouldn't be doing it. He's too he's fiery, but he's and he could probably do it for a while until he got hurt. You know, Allison's nowhere near that discussion at this point. I'm running out of names real fast. Who's left? Joel Farabee? I think Farabee is who I'm rolling with. He's another guy you got to worry about with the neck surgery. I, it's always – everybody's got a caveat. It's, somebody's always got something wrong. I mean, they might just have to – you know what? Just rotate it, get Ristolainen down there, and have mm-hmm. the other four forwards just pass the buck around. I've seen them do a pronger back in the day. It's like if you if – you, why not? Get You want to get nuts? Let's – I'm going to tell you something crazy. So I mentioned uh, we're doing a dynasty startup draft and uh, I had Risto saved in my queue for at least, at least three or four days. The draft started 
Uh, it's it's like uh, about nine, ten days old by now. And I uh, had them stashed. I didn't think anybody was going to draft Rasmus for Stalinen. But in my head, I'm like, well, let's just stash them here because the Flyers tried him out on the power play last year as a net front presence guy. Maybe I stash him and he pots a couple power play goals. Somebody took him. I, I'm not sure who. Um, but when thinking of net front presence, yeah, it's – and I would like the, the viewers to maybe chime in here, uh, give your take and, and why. You mentioned Wade Allison. Yeah, he, I, you know, he could be that guy. But like you said, there's injury concerns. Um, He's got to prove he can play still too. Like he, he's, they're just not going to toss him up there. Staying healthy is part one. Being a productive player is part two before I even consider him on any power play, let alone the top power play. Right. Uh, so then it's like, okay, well, they tried Rista Linen out at the end of last year, and they didn't really go out and get – that guy that can be net front on the power play. Is it Risto Jack? I don't see what, I mean, you got to get cute and creative. You don't want certain guys getting hurt. You got a lot of short players on this team on the skill side. You know, to me, you're either going Lawton, Farabee. I really don't want to go Couturier because of his back Mm -hmm. or Ristolainen. And then (laughs) down the road, if Allison proves he could, you know, or they're just decimated with injuries. Like, what are your other options? Rasmus for Stalinen, earning that, earning that contract as your net front presence on the number one power play. Uh, should we expect the power play to be better this year with Rasmus as the net front presence? It's got to be him out there, like right? Like, yeah. Who else? It's, gotta, it's, not, it's anything but ideal. So I, I don't expect them to be better. I'm looking for certain players to be better. I would like to see Owen Tippett kind of hanging out top of the circle and getting some open opportunities. Cause what that was always his thing. Like he, the shot was there. He just had to beat the goalie. He had to, to hit his spots and he did that last year. So if he can keep that rolling, I would love to see that. I'd like to see Cam York also at the point for obvious reasons. Uh, I would like to see TK doing his thing. I would like to see Morgan Frost uh, in the Jeru spot or the old Couture spot or just because only if Couture has to be the net for our presence. Otherwise I want him behind the net and whatnot and taking face offs and what have you. And you're probably going to limit his minutes anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, what else you got? I don't want no one. No one. Kate's I see is listed in a lot of like second power play units. I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I don't. That's like an it. interesting name there. I mean, Did he's you, good at getting the pucks, obviously. Huh. But, but I mean, I'm. I see him being used in so many other situations. Do I really? I can see it maybe on the second power play unit them doing that. Because they, they get, what, like 50 seconds? Yeah, something like that. So real quick, Cates is 6'1". They have him listed at 165. He looks a little bigger than that to me. Um, did he get power play time last year? Does Cap Friendly tell you that? Sorry, I'm not on the site that tells you the time on ice. I do not remember. I mean, you know what? It's the year to to play with that stuff. So I don't I don't see why not. It is, and that, that is an interesting name. I hadn't considered Noah Cates. Uh, I'm not sure why. Um, I just I think when you think of Noah Cates, you tend to think defense first. Um, but you know what? Why not? 
So I'm sorry. So for some reason, Hockey DB has him listed at 165 still. He is listed at 190 pounds. So he's a little bigger than he's really bigger, yeah. 165. Uh yeah, that that's an interesting name. Noah Cates. I don't I like I can't sit here and say now we need to rule that out. Noah Cates. Uh opportunity comes from guys that can quarterback a power play. Well, I'm hoping that York could do that. I hope he gets the opportunity to do that for sure. Do you think he can, Jack? That's what they drafted him for, so he better be able to do that. That was literally one of the top things in his draft profile. So, I mean, he, you know, then again, I'm pretty sure I read that about Sandheim too way back when in 2014. So, you know, we'll see. I have much more confidence that York can figure that out. Here's He's got so much more movement. Like, we've seen him – Shimmy yeah. shake is what I call it and make things happen. And that wasn't, was that on the power? I don't even sure. That might've been on five and five. He's got more mean, in no, his, yeah. he's got more in his arsenal than Sandheim does, which is why I'll give York the benefit of the doubt. And I just hope he gets the opportunity to let it happen. If Andre pulls some stuff down the line, then well, maybe more of a ghost situation, but I mean, this is why I want them to mix everybody they can in and see what they got and who can do what and have some fun with it. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll agree with that point with you on um, Cam York. Whereas, and this is why Sandheim can't play power play, because if you pressure him with the puck. I mean, so here's, here's the thing with Sandheim. The reason why teams pressure him with the puck is because they know that he's not going to shoot. And so if you pressure him, he's going to cough it up, right? Yeah. So you can't put Sandheim on the power play because he has no shot and he's going to turn the puck over. To your point with Cam York, this guy wants the puck on his stick. He wants you to come after him because he can get a, he can get away. Um, and I keep forgetting that because when I think of Cam York and I'm like, all right, we're going to hand the keys over to the power play to him. What has he shown that tells you that he can quarterback the power play? We're going to see, I guess, right? Um, and, and I don't mean to be sound negative. It's just, all right, Cam York's been anointed, anointed the guy. Why? You know? And really, the, you can't, we can't really answer that yet. It's, we got to see why. He's got to prove that, you know, he can be the guy on the power play. Uh, Peter mentions Tippett may be an option uh, to be the net front presence. And, yeah, he could be. Absolutely could be. So there are some options. Um, but I think as, as fans, uh, for me, when I, when I think about Flyers power play right now, I'm like, whoa, they could have Forster on one side, TK, Tippett, whoever, Farabee on another side, just ripping shots. Like when's the last time the Flyers had a guy on each side with lethal, lethal shots that, you know, the, the, uh, the PK had to respect both sides, you know, um, comment here from Vegas. Whoa. Oh, okay. We're going backwards a little bit here. Thoughts on Yinning? I believe last season was his first full year in the A, AHL. Thought he loved the puck. Thought he moved the puck well and played better than expected. I expect a solid upcoming season pair with uh, Granz, I think. Um, yeah, he's kind of flying under the radar, Jack, to go back a little bit on, on Yinning. Um, he, I think he did get a game with the Flyers last year, in my opinion, didn't look out of place. I don't think he had a great game, 
but didn't look out of place, which is the first thing that I look for when a prospect, you know, makes the transition to the NHL. Um, if they have a great game, obviously it's going to open everybody's eyes. Who is this guy? Yada, yada. But if he plays for the team and you don't really notice him or, you know, he, he looks like he fits in, you know, he's moving at the, the same pace. It's a little quicker. Um, that kind of thing. It's like, all right, he has a chance to stick around here. Let's see some more consistency. He only had a cup of coffee last year. So, you know, we're going to have to see more. We'll probably see more yinning, I would assume, towards the middle, latter end of the year. But Yeah, I don't see why not. Nothing yeah. about gaining truly impresses me, at least for a second-round pick. So I don't expect a whole lot. That's a thing, um, too. To hear he's not, you know, and he knows what to do with the puck's always good. You, you know, certain guys, they figure it out way later. So I'll – Look, I'm the kind of person, if I'm wrong about something, I'll eat crow with this big so big old smile on my face because I, I don't get personally upset if I'm wrong about it, somebody. If the team's better and it gets them back to winning faster, then, I, again, I will eat that crow with a little bit of Old Bay and a big old smile on my face. Hmm. I just don't okay. see it with Danny. I really don't. All right. So we uh, pretty much uh, – I don't want to beat the Flyers power play to death, but I'm sure we're going to talk about this again. Uh, on a show in the future. I, I Trav will probably have something to say about it. Um, did we miss? Uh, we're a little bit over an hour in. Thank you to everyone still hanging out with us. Uh, any topics that we wanted to cover tonight, but we had missed potentially come to mind? Um, any update on heart? Ooh, see, this is a good one. We are now at the end of August. Right. Uh, so... I don't remember where it came out from, but I remember during the Stanley Cup, we were hearing that, oh, yeah, we're going to know by the end of July. Um, and nothing. And I think a couple weeks ago, uh, I didn't listen to the show, so please don't quote me. Uh, Travis had mentioned it to me. Uh, but our buddies over at Snow the Goalie had mentioned that um, – so names are are basically at this point names are leaked. Uh, like I will say this, Jack and I know some we know things, but cannot say them. And here's why: uh, if the NHL suspends players without anyone being charged, they will they will sue the NHL PA will sue uh, the NHL. Because these players have not been charged with a crime. So why are you releasing their names? Why are you suspending them? Right? It's going to be defamation. Um, things like that. Uh, so anybody that knows anything is also not going to say anything because nobody wants to be sued. Basically. Right? And that's kind of where things are with that. Um uh, they're going to have to be charged first, basically, before the NHL releases names. Um, so, yeah, if there are any further questions on that, you know, feel free to ask. Uh, but that's basically it. Uh, we do have a comment from Peter, Jack, if you want to talk about Zade Wisdom. And I think oh. we talked about him the last couple episodes, I think. Yes, it was a great question. I actually asked it to Bill Meltzer because I felt he was in a yeah, Allison situation, but with the Phantoms. He had 
used. Other players had surpassed him in the organizational depth chart. And now they're just drafting more and more players. They're getting more picks. They're, you know, because they're trading and whatnot. And where this essentially, this is a big season for him with the Phantoms. Um, he played in the ECHL, I believe, which is you never want to hear that. Like if you start there, move your way up, great. But it sounds like he didn't he didn't really play a whole lot with the Phantoms. Not really any meaningful minutes. So this is a big year for him. Um, I know we were pretty high on him based on who was drafted that year, but since then it hasn't been very pretty. Maybe the first year, but that was it. So this is a big year for him. So just going to be interesting to watch. Um, if more offensive guys start to shine, he might, he might be uh, making some tough decisions with good old Zade. So uh, fingers crossed he you know figures something out. Yeah, whenever you see a player – um, who you expect things out of, I think, start to get games in ECHL. You start to worry a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, had five points in six games down there, a goal and four assists, eight points in the playoffs in 11 games. Um, 45 games with the Phantoms last year, only scored three goals, which not very good. Four um, line numbers. Yeah. Uh, in 2021-2022, he did play in the OHL for the Kingston Frontenacs and had a solid season, 38 points in uh, 43 games, but didn't really improve on his totals from the year before, which uh, I think is a little discouraging uh, playing in the OHL. It's a league. It's fairly easy to score in that league, I believe. So um, he's, he's a little older now, 21 years old, uh, just turned 21 in July. Um, I'll, I'll say this at camp last year. Didn't look like he was in the best of shape. And I don't, I, I tend to not, unless your name's Travis Sandheim, I try not to talk negatively uh, about guys in this way, but looked fat to me. Didn't look like he was in shape. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. Um, and it showed he wasn't ready for John Tortorella camp by any means. Now he's young, right? So he's got a lot of time to turn it around. Uh, what's his contract look like, Jack? Because he, he's on his ELC already, I believe, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's got to be at this point. He was a 2020 pick, fifth, fourth round, fifth or fourth. I can't remember. Okay. I get him and Denoye confused. But I believe he was drafted before Denoye, right? And Denoye's easily like way surpassed him a mile like, years ago. The injury did set him right back. There, yeah. that, is, that is true. But and maybe that's why he was a little chunkier. So, but hey, if he better come to this, this camp awfully good. Because his, you got to, was he a fifth round, fourth or fifth round pick? Fourth round pick. Fourth round pick in 2020. This is going to be a 23 24 season. I'm not talking about him with the Flyers. We're talking about him with the Phantoms. And it's like, you you really got to push if you're going to make a name for yourself in this organizational depth chart. It just comes down to this is a big year for him. So hopefully he comes in really good shape, healthy, and just shows us why we were pretty high on him back in 2020. Phantoms are going to have a fun roster this year, too. I'm looking at Bobby Brink. Gendrone, I think, is expected to play for the Phantoms now, 19 years old. Remember, second in, in scoring last year. Uh, uh, we have Samu Tuamala coming yeah. over to play for the Flyers. Speedster apparently looked really good in development camp. That Cotacoche did not attend. Uh, but I digress. Elliot Denouye. We talked about our forward groupings last week. You know, he, I think he's going to be a tweener guy this year, but, um, you know, a guy that's going to be uh, playing the forward position. 
Uh, John Randall Avon, not a guy that we hear about a lot. Just signed an ELC. Will be with the Phantoms, I believe. Ole Lixell, another tweener type guy, 24 years old. Um, and then, of course, some of the vets down with the Phantoms still. And Rhett Gardner, Adam Brooks, Cooper Marodi. Yeah, I mean, this is the time for, for Wisdom to start carving his path and not make a great first impression with Tortorella. As a second opportunity for, to do that in, in camp, a second opportunity to make a good, uh, good impression. So um, There's a lot of players ahead of him that where they're going to want to see first before Zayn at this point. I mean, he's at the point now where he doesn't just need to show he can belong. He's going to have to outshine some guys. Otherwise, he's going to find himself just another guy with the Phantoms. It's true. And he was a player that I think we were excited about uh, doing some, some prospect shows leading up to the draft. I forget who it was. Was was it Alex? Were we doing shows with Alex uh, Apple Yard at the time still? Yes, because uh, he was really big on Andre. Okay, yeah, and I remember for some reason Wisdom sticks out as being a flyer type guy, yada yada. And uh, oh, yeah. when sure. the Flyers drafted him, it was like, whoa, they they got Zade Wisdom, cool name. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, needs to have a. I think goes without saying needs to have a really good year this year, bounce back year. No ECHL games, <laughs> so yeah, that's not yeah. good. I remember Matt Strom going down there, but he's done. So, yeah. <laughs> also a fourth round pick. So. Um. Okay. So we're coming down to it a little bit. Um. What do you think, Jack? Should we should we get to the end of the show stuff here? Yeah. I'm, whatever you want to do, buddy. I'm just okay. Here. Well, we do have our raffle, our jersey raffle. We're going to do that tomorrow during lunch. I hope uh, we didn't piss anybody off with that, but uh, I forgot to tally the Venmo ticket purchases. So I, I want to be fair and make sure I have all the tickets in the machine, and we'll do the jersey uh, raffle tomorrow uh, between 12 and 1. I'll do it live on YouTube for you guys. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is the Glassboro Car Show on Friday. Uh, it's from 5 to 9. We have a table. We're going to be doing more raffles and giveaways. And, uh, you know, we'll have some games, some prizes, some merch if you want to buy merch, stickers, coasters, T-shirts, hats, uh, things like that. Uh, but hopefully you guys come just to hang out with us, you know, and you get a T-shirt for doing it. Um, there's going to be a lot of T-shirts. I'm going to give you a Nolan Patrick rookie card. <laughs> there you go. You um, do whatever you want with it. It's going to be a good time. There's going to be food and drinks, uh, food vendors, uh, drink vendors. Uh, Landmark Americana is going to be uh, – there's going to be a couple of pop-up beer gardens, I believe. Uh, there's a brewery right next door if you're into that kind of stuff. There's a couple of restaurants down the, uh, down the block there. It's a car show, so there's going to be a lot of cool cars. Uh, I think – I was told between 1,500, 2,500 people show up for these events. Um, so we'll see. We're looking to meet some uh, some some new friends and hopefully, you know, get to know some old friends. Uh, some of the names that we see in here consistently, uh, who we of course love and appreciate. Um, I'll share the website on my Twitter and and Facebook. If you're following me at Jim Mike HW, I'll also share it on the uh, HW Twitter. I think that's at Flyers HW. Uh, so for more information, it's Friday night five to nine. What else are you guys going to be doing, huh? Well, one thing that I liked is I, they call it the car show, but I saw the lineup of everybody who's going and whatnot. And it's a lot of everything, which is, oh, cool. yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect. I've never gone to like something like this, let alone be a participant, I guess. Uh, but seeing everything, I'm like, oh man, there's a, this brewery over here. There's all different kinds of like stands. I thought it's not just cars. There's a lot of everything. So I'm kind of excited for that and looking forward to, it. I just love them. Anybody comes over to talk shit, talks hockey, both, <laughs> 
it works. Absolutely. Uh, once again, downtown Glassboro, September 1st from 5 to 9, the Car and Food Truck Festival. Come hungry, you know, and uh, hopefully uh, get a couple drinks afterwards. Let's hang out. There's a Chickies and Pete's down the block. Um, all kinds of great food, Mexican joint, um, mariachi grill. Yeah, let's have fun. Let's uh, let's do stuff. Summer's coming to an end. Uh, let's hang out. Uh, anything else, Jack? Should we wrap this up? Phillies won, baby. Did they? They did. It's What's official. That? Thanks to uh, our co-hosts for going, willing them to victory. <laughs> you know, yes. got to do something during the offseason. Uh, what is that, four straight? Yes, it is. Wow, making that push, turning it on. Let's go. Eagles football in another couple weeks. Flyers uh, camp starting up, uh, what is it, two weeks now? Man, summer flew by. Everybody, thanks for hanging out in the comments. I'll run down the list real quick. Dave, thank you as always. Sam, good to see Sam in here. Uh, Dan Knightley chiming in. Eric Wisniewski, thanks for hanging out again. TF and Peter. A new name, Peter. Oh, Vegas Woe. I don't remember seeing Vegas Woe before in here. Vegas, if you've been in here, thanks. It looks like we got maybe a new viewer, so we appreciate you. All right, everyone, we'll see you uh, hopefully Friday. Uh, I'll see all of you tomorrow during the uh, Jersey raffle, and uh, we'll catch us again next week. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye-bye. Pete Peterson.